0: The Luminous Podcast. I'm Father Chad Jarnigan, Rector of Luminous Parish. We're looking at Lament today. The cross of grief So many of us are familiar with the term lament, some just by definition and some by experience. Some in the Christian tradition understand the depths of lament, some may see it as a descriptive word more than an action and process. Lament comes from lamentary, which comes from lamenta, which is plural, to express sorrow, mourning, or demonstrated regret. The Psalms teach us how to lament in a culture that has long lost this posture, honesty, and transparency. The actions of lament are a part of a process. It's a process of owning regret. Not just personal regret, but on behalf of someone else or a collective group, even society. If we have any spiritual or moral compass whatsoever, We can and will lament numerous happenings. We lament damages from flooding, hurricanes, earthquakes, loss of life, mass shootings, racism, and other acts of violence. To lament means there is an awareness of our surroundings. We aren't blind, indifferent, or apathetic. Tragedies surrounding us require sensitivity and honesty and in worship. Injustices must be identified, enemies must be named. We find solidarity with the suffering through the act and process of lament. Deep and soul searching faith needs to be expressed. So maybe we are seeing some effects from a lack of lamenting. We can look at our recent history to see manifestations of our hurt and pain and division, most of which reveals itself in ways of demonizing one another causing even deeper divides. So how can we express our anger, fear, and even our bewilderment? Let me suggest that we take the Psalms as our model. When faced with an utter loss of words or an oversupply of volatile emotions, we best rely not on our own stuttering speech, but on the reliable and profoundly relevant laments of Hebrew Scripture. By proposing the use of biblical laments in crisis situations, we allow for an intentional posturing we speak of posturing and rhythms frequently because they are that important approximately 60% of the psalms are laments most other portions are a refocus praising God for his faithfulness his hope and everything that comes with his glory and godliness and Psalm 19, which is part of the, the lectionary today, is a great example. See, the, there's an important distinction during the process and actions of lament. We express, acknowledge, confess. Confess that we are in need and we are not God's. And that our path to peace and rightness is God and God alone. To refocus from us to God leads us to focus on others as well. To see past our own backyard. When we only lament for lament's sake, we mustn't stay there, wallowing in our grief, despair, worry, stress, anxieties, or even sin, isn't the focus on its own. It is to assist us in refocusing. And interestingly enough, posturing is a military term as well. When nations position troops, ships, or technology into aggressive positions, this is a part of posturing. When they are repositioned, moved to neutral spaces, this is another posture. Some are aggressive and some are relaxed. So the posturing of our hearts, minds, and even bodies are incredibly important. When we are in a constant state of resistance, worry, or frustration... It affects everything around us and everyone around us. We can't become known as that person. You know, the whiner, the complainer, the glass is half empty person. See, lament enables reframing and tearing down to rebuild with a proper redemptive framework. Lament can be gut-wrenching and the deepest, deepest mourning and sorrow and grief. It is to be felt fully and expressed fully and deeply to truly process out of this place. Psalm 19, it's a psalm of David. The heavens declare your glory, O God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, there are no words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. In them... He has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber, or like a strong man running its course with joy. Its rising is from the ends of the heavens and the circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wisdom Simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true, and the righteous altogether. More to be desired than gold, even fine gold. Sweeter than honey dripping from the honeycomb. Moreover, By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression." Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And the last verse there, you know, gives us the opening prayer of all of our homilies that m- many of us teach. But it can also be a prayer for how we live each day. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It is no secret that followers of Jesus don't always do a very good job of living faithfully in a broken world. Maybe perhaps because we're looking inward instead of other word C.S. Lewis reminds us aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in aim at earth and you will get neither there's ever anything that we can do for you let us know you can find us at luminousparish.com may the peace of our great god be with you and may you share this peace with everyone that you meet